Barney and Friends. Barney Simon. I can still remember when he, Rat, his brother Lou, and myself went to watch cricket at St. George's. We stayed over for the night at King Edward, and had supper at the stage door. From there, we went to King's Beach, took his clothes off, and told us he was leaving for New Zealand. Other time, uh, he walked from uh, the Savoy Hotel uh, to uh, the farm, not well dressed. Yes, well, do you remember yeah. that? Who is that? Yeah, look, I don't know who that is, but it could be quite a few people. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, those mad days, you know, I would have swum to New Zealand, obviously, because mm. I was going off Pollock Beach then. Mm. So, whoever you are, anonymous, uh, yeah, yeah. we. Uh, Ian remembers you. Yeah. Okay, you're going to lick your phones, do you? You have your What do you mean by that? Yeah, it's a, yeah, a hone. Yeah. Backflake. And look, I've been told that you've written a book about my neef Dan Roberts. His mm-hmm. name is The Crying Shame. Okay. You're going to. Some asshole with a bop and a castle Complaining about the price of diesel Yes, he slacks on his drovers And he says, yeah, boot, of course And the news says it's a crying It's just a crying It's such a crying shame Some new politico with his brand new NGO Caught up to his armpits in the till Smiles as he climbs into his Yangani pants With an armful of gun-toting friends And the news says it's a crying It's just a crying It's such a crying shame Mag me yachs, mag me yachs Mag me naar, mag me naar Dis die land die van soon mekaar Mag me jachs, mag me jachs, mag me naar, mag me naar. Is die landtie van soen me kan. Tax and a big cigar talk show, you wanna go far, you'll definitely make the news. In an instant you become a star, the gravy train will take you far, and the news says it's a crying, it's such a crying, it's just a crying shame. <laughs> Yeah, like a yachts for now. Yeah, That line comes from Rian Malandet. Mark my naar, mark my yachts. See the land here from soon my car. Brilliant. Um, Ian Roberts, he saw some with me. Uh, the people, oh, they have SMS all over from you. And I want to know what you have to do with Gavin van der Berg. Have you had contact with Gavin van der Berg? Yeah, I had a bit of contact with him. I had to see him now by the premiere of the movie that he made as a young man. And... Uh, Ja, Gavin en ik was moest dierbij samen, bij speciale mensen voor mij. En uh, ja, 
ek, ek sien uit om hom te sien een van die daar. Nou vertel my, toe jy nou uh, AMI gestudeer, bla bla bla, hmm. hoe het jy nou die eerste keer En, en, en was het een TV show of een movie? Hoe het jy nou, hoe het iemand jou nou gekontakt met sê, gaan auditie doen het? Of hoe, hoe werk het? Dat is een hengse story. Ek het, ek het in een toneelstuk gespeel in Cape Town. Troop Theater Company, uh, Chinchilla, oor uh, Diagelev, Sergei Diagelev, wat die Ballet Roes vir die eerste keer um, Europa toe geneem het. En uh, sy story met Nijinsky en so aan. En... The director was Richard E. Grant and he cast all special actors and they pulled out one by one. So eventually it was just me left in the cast. <laughs> so he said, I've got to speak. He was always very melodramatic, you know. We've got, we've got to have a meeting. So we got to, uh, what's that place uh, uh, in Cape Town, that main, where the space theater was, uh, Long Street. And he said, the cast has pulled out. You're the only member of the cast left. So I looked at this man. I thought, no, no, hang on. I said, Richard. Just cast it on the street. I'm I'm still in the play. And he cast, and Gavin van der Berg came in and played Nijinsky. But played him, because Gavin always had the most amazing body, strong and, and very well defined, you know. And he came and played this character who was the greatest, they say, the greatest ballet dancer of all time. So well that this whole play fell together. Now, I played a Frenchman called Gabriel Astruc, who was the financier of Diaghilev and uh, well, I go in the dressing room afterwards after one show and this funny man in brown shoes, tan shoes and a tan suit and tan everything with a beard came in and he stood next to me and he said, I really enjoyed your play. You know, you transported me to Venice. And I thought, sure, that's amazing. Huh? And then he said, I'm doing a TV series and I, there's a German in it. And I liked your German that you played. But meanwhile, I was trying to do French, but I didn't say anything about it. <laughs> So he offered me a role, and then, I don't know, I just made a decision, and I went home, and I thought, okay, that's it. I was working for KPAB as a mainstream actor there, and the Space uh, Troop Theatre Company, and I phoned the boss of KPAB, and I said I wanted to resign, because I was due to do a big play called Irienmaker there. And he said, if you've thought about it carefully, and that's what you want to do, then we can still accommodate you and all that. And I went to that guy, and I said, I'll do any job on your movie. He said, what can you do? This was Manny van Rensburg. I said, I can do anything. I come from a farm. I can take engines out of cars. I can, you know, I just thought these are all things you must do on the crew of a movie. I said, I can do carpentry. I can paint things. And he said, okay, give me three days. So I waited. There were no cell phones. You had to wait at the phone. I waited from eight to five for three days. And eventually the phone rang and he said, you can be the assistant to the production manager who was Richard Green. And the two of us ran that movie with a guy called Morsi from Hansby. And then, okay, I was going to play this little uh, role of a German. And then one morning, Marnie van Rensburg came to me and he said, uh, Leister, who's your Afrikaans? He said, uh, why? He said, no, Henri Rousseau, one of our main actors, has got sick. And he can't come to play, so uh, would you like to try and play his part? And I said, yeah. I'll do, you know, obviously, you, when you're a young actor, you'll do anything. I mean, I always said I'll play any language, as long as the role's right. And uh, I ended up playing, I had to wait for three days for the rushes to come back. And he would, after seeing the rushes, he would tell me whether I could take the job or not. And he said I can take the job. And that's how I got into film acting. So that script that they gave you, 
when yeah. you read through that. I mean, how do you, as a young actor, I mean, obviously while you're studying and they, they teach you how to do that. Yeah. But if they give me a script like this, yeah. you know, and I go through it and then I have to, I can't, I can't remember my life. It's just one thing that I cannot do. How did you yeah. manage to do that? Did they teach you how to do it at Varsity? Or? No, it's a technique you develop. Each person, I think, develops their own way. There's no, like, there's no class on how to remember lines. You don't get pulled in and then told, you know, like X, Y, Z. Mm. You develop your own technique. I've, I've got my technique of remembering lines. If I'm, if I'm learning a conversation with you, in other words, if you and I are playing a scene together, mm. I won't hardly learn it. I'll read it. And I'll sleep on it. And in the morning, I'll do it with you. And then when the camera comes, that's it. So you don't actually learn them because in your dialogue, I'm picking up mine mm. and vice versa. So, But when you get to exposition, that thing you held up now, that's not, that's not dialogue, yeah. that's exposition. That's very difficult. You have to learn that by using tags, what I do. I tag a thing. So if, if, I, if the line is, I'm talking to Barney Simon, he's got, he's got uh, tan shoes and No, I hair. don't. No, 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 no. I know. <laughs> but if that's the line, then I will tag that to okay. something. And then so oh. when you've got to come through with it, then you, mm. you can remember it. That's amazing, and also that, that you have to live into that character. So, mm. that German character, mm. you, do you when you leave, uh, you go home. Mm. Do you still do you become Ian Roberts again, or do you? I've, I've always wanted to ask this question. Mm. Um, you know, you look at uh, Egoli and all these characters in the street. People still think that's the person that. Yeah, oh, from yeah. oh, oh, yeah. So. How do you uh, switch off and you just become yourself again? Uh, is, it, is, it, is it difficult or not? It's difficult. If you're doing, I think actors struggle in relationships, for instance, because they go through different persona, persona on, the, on their stage, like, you know, and then they get home and they've got a, a wife and kids and, and now suddenly that's, you must just be yourself. Mm. But you've spent, a, you know, I, I was once called vain by somebody. And I said to them without thinking, well, maybe if you had to make your living out of your face, you'd also appear vain. You know what I mean? And that's what we've got to do. Your, your, your ass is on the line, you know. You've got to go there. You've got to pull it off. In a movie, there's no time. Mm. So if you come there and you can't pull a scene, you've got a problem. Because it's also, you must remember your lines, and then you still your facial expressions, you got uh, your body language, and uh, for the benefit of people, uh, how long does it take to make a movie? I mean, in one day, how many takes have you done? It takes hours and hours, and you think, oh, you, you just go there, you punch somebody, and you go home, and the movie comes out. It doesn't work like that, right? Ironically, the more, uh, for instance, that a director knows what he wants, the less work you got. It's clear. When a director doesn't know what he wants, it's hard work. And, and I've always found my most horrible moment, if I arrive on a long shoot, say the shoot's going three months, and I realize, hey, put, <laughs> there's a discrepancy here. This director, it's not clear what he wants, really, and uh, it's going to be a grind, and it often is. But when you come there and someone is pretty clear about what they want, and you know what I find weird? The best directors speak the least. May that be a lesson to directors. Yeah, they speak the least. Who's the best director you've ever worked with? Uh, I've worked with some really inspiring people, you know, in their, all in their own way. Um, I, I liked um, working for, with, for different reasons with different directors. But I found one who was uh, most a step ahead of the Shushan 
meaning that you could confront and have an argument on set and it wouldn't set anything off. There wouldn't be any bad vibes. We're talking about a product here. And it was uh, Marnie von Rensburg. Oh, yes. Yeah, he was a really... I remember once I did a big series with him called Heroes. And I played this Osava uh, Brandfach guy who also was a bit torn, you know. And I, I normally know what to do with the scene, you know. And you go day by day by day by day in art like this. And, and you, you're running a tight line, but I normally know what to do. And my night that before I can feel it. This morning I arrived at an old airfield outside Darling where there was this big scene set up. And I just didn't know what to do. And this man walks up to me and says, Ah, uh, mora. I said, yeah, more money. He said, uh, do you know what to do today in this scene? I said, I have not the faintest idea. He said, you're very lucky because I do. And that is the, the limit. And he said, I see you with a cigarette that you've rolled yourself walking up this fence. I'm going to hold you like this in the camera. And when you make your decision, you go and take the trot on there. It's, but it's, that's how it's going to happen. And I said, thank you. Shh, 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 shh. Thank you, you know. So it's it's touch and go, man. It's also a team effort. I mean, uh, all the, the the people behind the cameras, behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, did you have your own little VIP section, or did you hang yeah. out with everybody? You don't do the Hollywood thing, do no, you? I, I run away mostly, yeah. <laughs> especially if the set is noisy. Mm. I leave. But you know, like take Dirk de Villiers now. There was an, a, a character fool, uh, the man who directed Arnda, which is which was a monumental piece of work. He was completely. Noisy, you know. It was a big business going on here. And that also worked. It worked for the movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes different things work for different projects and that. You you just got to be light on your feet as much as you can. I mean, most of us get to days when we're not light on our feet, when we're actually quite duck back, you know. And then you must change. Mm. Immediately. Yeah, because it's not the character, maybe. Yeah. Or don't take your uh, problems at home to work, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Luister, uh, ons het nou twee uh, keeses hier. So, uh, mm. Lloyd Price, Stagger Lee, of wil jy mm. nie kei van die bad seeds hoor, want dit is een van die liekies. Daar is so baie kunstenaars wat hy liekie yeah. opgeneem in en so. Stagger Lee. Bob Dylan het ook, ja. So, wat sien wil jy, uh, wil jy uh, Lloyd Price of uh, nie kei van die bad seeds? Ek Lloyd het nie Price. die vaste idee nie, wat is die oudste een, want die, die klasse het Stegelina gemaakt. Lloyd Price, Hoop hy het nog met een gehad, kom ons luister ja, Ian Roberts in studio with me, uh, another hour, we're still going to talk about uh, all these movies, about uh, the future of South Africa, as far as uh, the music industry is concerned, hmm. and maybe you're a young actor and you want to make it big, how do you go about the that? The night huh? was clear, and the moon was yellow. And the leaves came tumbling down Barney and Friends Barney Simon